Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Today we're going to be talking about what I think is probably one of the scariest verses in all of the book of Revelation. Now, having memorized it, that's a pretty scary statement. We're also going to talk about overcoming and how that fits in with this scary verse. First of all, August the 8th of 2015, as I've said many times, this was the Saturday evening before I was supposed to bring the sermon the next morning. And I, as many pastors do, the night before I said, Lord, I don't have anything to say the next morning. What would you like to say? And for the first time in my life, I heard an audible voice and it spoke and said, this is the time of miracles. Then he downloaded to my heart is as the judgment hits, so will my miracles. And he is going to meet the devil step by step, inch by inch, pound for pound for everything he does. He is not going to leave us. He is not going to forsake us. So keep that in mind because we are in the time of miracles. Now, those miracles, we Christians tend to think, oh, well, those only happen on our side. Uh, wrong, because the devil does miracles too, but he uses them for evil purposes, and that's the point that I'm going to be making for you today. Miracles, signs, wonders, they happen on both sides of the aisle, both the good and also the bad. So the first thing we want to talk about is overcoming. What is it to be an overcomer? Because when you understand what it is to be an overcomer, you're going to want to be an overcomer. Not necessarily the easiest thing in the world, but it is different. Now, there's actually three scriptures in the New Testament that describe what the New Testament definition is for being an overcomer, which is different from what Revelation describes. So the new definition for overcomer is John 16:33. These things that I have spoken to you, that you might have peace in the world, you shall have tribulation, here it is, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So in this case, it's talking about the definition of being an overcomer is overcoming the world. That's not the definition for revelation. Then First John 5, 4 says, For whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. That's the second time it talks about overcoming the world. No place in the New Testament does it talk about overcoming the beast only in Revelation? Then 1 John 5, 5 says, Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? So the New Testament's definition of overcoming is overcoming the world. That's not the definition of Revelation. And if you want the, the blessings of being an overcomer, then you have to follow the steps of Revelation in order to become that overcomer. So, first of all, here's the great battle. Revelation 13, 7 says, And it was given to him to make war with the saints. The him is talking about the Antichrist, meaning that when the beast comes on the scene, he is going to make a verbal war, and probably also a bullet war, but a verbal war with the saints, and he will defeat them with his words. That's what it's saying. Then we go down to Revelation seventeen fourteen. These shall make war with the Lamb, as in Jesus, and the Lamb shall overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings, meaning that Jesus is going to win in the end. So when it says this is the time of miracles, it's also saying that this is the time of war, meaning that we are now in the last days, that there is a great battle, like Elijah between Elijah the prophet of God and also the 450 prophets of Baal. There's a great preach-off going on right now, and that is who is going to win the most souls. Now, you'd want to be able to say Jesus, but uh, that's not what the Bible says. We won't get into that right now. But 
So what is the blessing of being an overcomer? Because you're going to want to be one once you understand what being an overcomer is and when you understand what you have to do to become an overcomer. And let me make this clear. It is not, I'll say it again, it is not simply believing in Jesus. It's not accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. There will be millions of people that are in heaven that receive Jesus, but they are not overcomers. Okay, so what are the blessings of being an overcomer? Because I'm about to tell you, to be an overcomer is not going to be an easy thing. Revelation 2.7, here you go. This is a summarized version of what it is to be an overcomer. To him that overcometh, by the way, what is it talking about? It's not talking about overcoming the world. It's talking about overcoming the beast. So one of the definitions, one of the requirements to be an overcomer is you have to actually see the beast. You have to have the opportunity to take his mark, the name, worship his image, or receive his number. You have to have that opportunity, and if you do not take it, and only those people whose names in the book of life will not take it, but we'll get to that in just a second. So what are the blessings of being an overcomer? To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life. He will not be hurt of the second death, and he will eat of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. He that overcometh and keepeth my works to the end, this is what I want. To him will I give power over the nations, and he should rule them with a rod of iron as the vessels of a potter that should be broken to shivers. Shivers means ashes. Even as I received my father, and I will give him the morning star. That's what I want. I want the morning star. The morning star is that thing that, like the two witnesses have, they blow fire out of their mouth. And when they hit those people with that fire, they fall to the ground in a pile of ashes and bones, literally killing body and soul. That's what happens to the nations during the millennium, and that's what happens to all of those people whose name is not in the book of life on the Feast of Trumpets when Jesus returns as King of kings and Lord of lords. He that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God. That's what I want. And he shall go no more out. In other words, I want to live constantly and continually through all eternity in the golden city in the presence and the face of Jesus. And I'll write upon him the name of my God, or the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I'll write upon him my new name. I will grant to sit with me in my throne. So you will actually be able to sit on the throne of Jesus with him. And he shall inherit all things. I will be his God, and he shall be my son. That's what I want. I want to be an overcomer with the morning star. Now let's jump to the definition of overcomer as Revelation defines it. This is the primary verse that tells you, although there are others, but that's not the point today. Revelation 15.2 And I saw, as it were, as a sea of glass mingled with fire, and then had gotten victory over the beast. That's it. In other words, for you to be an overcomer, you have to have gotten victory over the beast. If you don't see the beast, you can't have victory over the beast. Victory over the beast and over his image and over his mark and over the number of his name, meaning that there's four things that can cost you your salvation. You can receive Jesus all you want. You can win millions to Christ. You can be the, the greatest soul winner in history. But if you take that mark of the beast, you are sunk. You will be in perdition. And a perdition is where you get to live with the beast, the false prophet, and Satan for all eternity in the, in the lake that burneth with fire and brimstone, and you do not get soul death. You are tormented with fire and brimstone day and night in the presence of the Lamb and the presence of, of his angels. 
So that's a bad deal. So let me read this again. And David had gotten victory over the beast and over his image and over his mark and over the number of his name. Notice that's four things. So that's victory over the beast. That's not going to be easy. And over his image, that's probably going to be an idol. But that image is also going to be probably a half man, half uh, fallen angel hybrid that's probably hooked in with all human knowledge and is going to be able to answer every question. And over his mark, which is probably going to be what Ken Peters saw, that's like the Mexico sun with a hand in it, and then that goes between the thumb and the pointing finger on that little web, and then over the number of his name. And that number of his name is 666, but it is reflected in many different ways, many different times. matter of fact, I'm working. I'm about done with the PowerPoint. I probably need to make a video on this to show you what I'm talking about. And I saw, as it were, a single sea of glass mingled with fire, and then they had gotten victory over the beast, over his image, over his mark, and over the number of his name, stand upon the sea of glass, having the harps of God. So there it is. If you want to be an overcomer, you can't take the mark, worship his image, you have to have victory over his mark and over the number of his name. You can't take it. The battle that we're all about to be in is a battle for our souls like we have never seen in our lifetime. One of the things that I discovered in memorizing Revelation is how often the word wonder popped up and how important that word wonder is. So first of all, let me give you a definition, not a dictionary definition, but a King James Bible definition of the word wonder. Because if you want to understand how to have victory over the beast, not to take the mark of the beast, you have to understand the word wonder. So let me give you some verses, some examples in the Bible where it talks about wonder. Mark six forty-eight. This is talking about how Jesus, and this is the good definition of wonder. Jesus used wonder. Understand that the beast and the false prophet, they are going to also use wonder. I should say more accurately, the beast will use wonder, but we'll get to that in a second. Mark six forty-eight, And he saw them to- toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary to them. About the fourth watch of the night he came to them walking on the sea, and they would have passed by them. But when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed that it was a spirit. And they cried out, for all saw him, and they were troubled. And immediately he talked with them and said unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Jesus went up into the ship, and the wind ceased, and they were, here it is, here it is, they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered. So, the definition here is, try to imagine in the fourth watch of the night, that's probably like four or five o'clock in the morning, so it's pitch dark, all of a sudden, these ancient men that didn't understand a lot of things that we do today, they look up and they see Jesus walking on water, and it's a stormy night, and they thought it was a ghost. They were scared to death. They were scared out of their minds. All of a sudden, he says, no, 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 don't be afraid. It's me. It's Jesus. Okay, remember me? Okay, and so then he comes up into the boat. He commands the wind to cease, and then they were, there's the word. They wondered. Understand that just like Jesus used wonder to convince people that he really was the Son of God, understand that the beast is going to use the opposite wonder, and he's going to deceive many. I'll read that in a scripture in just a second. Luke 2, 8. 
And they were in the same country. Now this is the angel that appeared to the shepherds. And shepherds abiding in the field, watching over the flock by night. And an angel of the Lord came upon him, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said, Fear not, behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This, here it is, here it is, this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in the manger. Suddenly there was an angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth, goodwill to men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone arrive from the end of heaven, the shepherds said unto one another, Let us now go into Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto this. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph the babe lying in the manger. And when they had seen it, they had made known abroad the same which were told them concerning this child. Now, I read all of that to get to these words. And all that heard it wondered at those things which they were told. In this case, the angel appearing, a heavenly host of angels appearing, the angel telling the shepherds, go find this guy (laughs) laying in the manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes, and they wondered. So that's the kind of wonder that you can expect the beast to use to try to convince you that he is Christ. And the Bible says that if it were possible, it would deceive the very elect. So, brothers and sisters, we better be understanding it's going to be a really convincing, a really good deception. Now let's jump to Luke 4.16. This is Jesus reading on the Sabbath, and this is exactly what the beast is going to do. And he came to Nazareth. Where he had been brought up, and his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. There was delivered him the book of the prophet Isaiah. When he opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he had anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of the sight to the blind, and to set them at liberty which are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and sat down and said, This day the scripture is fulfilled in your ears. Now, here I read all that to say this. And all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. There's an example where the people around Jesus wondered at what he had just said. And it's exactly what the beast is about to do. He's about to use very big, very powerful words Words like we've never heard before, and I'm not talking about words we've never heard before. I'm talking about the arrangement of the words. He is going to be so convincing, so good-looking, that the Bible says that all those that have not come to the knowledge of the truth, meaning if their name is not already in the book of life, they will believe the lie and be damned. Here's another occasion where Jesus rebuked the wind and waves. I'm going to summarize this a little bit. It's like uh, Luke 8.22. And it came to pass on a certain day, they went into a ship with his disciples. And they said, let's go over on the other side of the lake. And so, anyway, there was a big tempest. And they woke up Jesus and said, we perish. Now, here's the point. Jesus woke up and said, where's your faith? And they were afraid, wondered. Because they wondered because what manner of man is this when he rebuked the, the wind and the raging water and they ceased and it was calm. Because Jesus was able to control the wind and the raves, waves, they wondered, you see. And it's going to be the same kind of miracles. This is the time of miracles, brothers and sisters. This is the time of the great preach-off. Miracles are going to be trying to convince you that this guy over here is the beast and he's the real Jesus. 
And this other thing you've been believing in for a long time, he's counterfeit. That's exactly what's coming. You've got to be prepared. John 4.48, another example. Jesus has said unto them, except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Well, that is the battle. See, the devil's going to use wonders and signs, and Jesus is going to match his wonders and signs. We are in the time of miracles. Acts 2.22, you men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved to God among you by miracles and wonders. There it is. See, so Jesus used miracles and wonders and signs to convince the people that he was the Son of God. And the beast is going to do exactly the same thing to the opposite. Acts 8.13, John, or Simon believed, uh, himself believed also when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles, signs which were done. So here's several examples where Jesus used miracle signs, wonders to convince people understand that the beast is about to do the same thing to the opposite. Now, here's proof. Now, let's jump to Daniel 8, 24. And his power shall be mighty, talking about the Antichrist, but not by his own power. And he shall destroy wonderfully. Oh, I know what you're thinking. Oh, no, no, that's not Daniel. That's Revelation. Oh, yes, that is Daniel. I'm going to read the, almost the same word for word right out of Revelation here in just a second. But then the Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a thing be established. So... When the same thing is found in the Bible, we know it is accurate. Anyway, by his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power, meaning he gets his power from Satan, and he shall destroy wonderfully. Now, does that mean he just destroys a whole lot? No. That means that he uses wonder, he uses signs and miracles and great and powerful words to deceive he shall destroy wonderfully and shall prosper and practice and destroy the mighty and the holy people, which is probably talking about America and or uh, Israel. Now let's jump to Matthew 24. And this, of course, is the great uh, abomination of desolation, which we're all familiar with. But I'm going to show you wonders here in about four or five verses here. When you say, this is Matthew twenty four fifteen. When you therefore see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, flee to the mountains, blah, blah, blah. Woe to those that have child in those days. Pray that your, your flight be not on the Sabbath day, all that sort of stuff. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. Meaning, this is the last three and a half years. That's the great tribulation. Meaning it's the worst time out of the 6,000 years of human history. Think about that. I mean, the flood, think about all those bad things. This is the worst time. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. Meaning that unless Jesus returned, mankind would reach total annihilation. But for the elect's sake, those days should be shortened. Then if any man shall say to you, here's my point coming up right here, lo, here's Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs, there's the word again, wonders, insomuch that, if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. So this false Christ, this beast, this Antichrist, is going to be so deceptive, showing signs and wonders, miracles, brothers and sisters, that if it were possible, it would deceive even you. That's exactly what it's saying. Now, I said I'd show you in Revelation. Here it comes, Revelation thirteen three, And I saw one of his heads, that's talking about one of the ten global regional rulers. One of those regional rulers will be wounded to death. It didn't say he's wounded in the head. It said 
he, his deadly wound was healed. And all the world wondered after the beast. Wondered after the beast. In other words, they're marvelous. They're, they're shocked. They're mesmerized. They're floored that this guy is able to come back from the dead. Well, think about it. That is a pretty convincing thing. I mean, Jesus came back from the dead, and obviously Thomas and others were convinced by that. Well, try to imagine just how powerful it would be when all the world sees the beast killed or murdered or something like that, and he's pronounced dead, and probably three days later, since he's going to try to be the Christ, probably three days later, just like Jesus, he's going to rise from the dead. And then he's going to say, see, I told you, I'm Jesus, I'm the Antichrist. Okay, And they worshiped the dragon, which gave power to the beast. Remember, he said, but not by his own power. Remember what Daniel said? Remember? Okay. Gave power to the beast, and they worshiped the beast, saying, who's like it of the beast? Who can able, who's able to make war with him? In other words, who can make war with the guy that comes back from the dead? I mean, he's the greatest. He's God. This is the God-man. That's what they're going to say. And there was given him this. Most of what I've said today is to get to this next phrase. And there was given him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. A mouth, who gave him the mouth? Uh, that would be God. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You're saying that God fills the mouth of the beast and helps him to deceive people? Look, I didn't say it. I'm just a delivery boy here. That's what the Bible says. And there was given him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue 42 months, that's three and a half years, or 1,260 days, or uh, time, times, and a half of dividing of time. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God, to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and them that dwell in heaven. So he is going to have all kinds of bad things to say about Christians, the Bible, pastors, you, I mean churches. He's going to open his mouth, and he is going to rip us left and rip us right like we've never been ripped before. Oh, he can't do that. We'll listen to the next verse. And it was given to him to make war with the saints. I believe that's a bullet war, but more a bullet war, it's a word war. Because that's what it's, really, it's a battle for souls, okay? To make war with the saints and overcome them. And power was given to him over all kindreds, tongues, and nations. Now think about that. That's a lot. That's just about everybody in it. Mm -hmm. Yep. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him. Let me read it again. All that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of the life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Meaning, if you're not saved, if your mom, dad, brother, sister, son, daughter, your friends at work, if you people around, if they are not saved, by the time the beast comes on the scene, once they see him, once they hear him, they will be sunk. That's what it says. I didn't write it. This is what it says. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not already, is the way we would say it, not already written in the book of life of lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Before the earth was created, the book of life was filled with names. And if their name is not in that book, they will fall to the beast. Now, here's more of the miracles and the wonders. Let's jump to Revelation 13, 11. And I beheld the beast coming up out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb. This is the false prophet. And he spake as a dragon. He exercises all the power of the first beast before him. That's the Antichrist. And he caused that the earth, that means everybody on the earth, 
And then that dwell therein to worship the first beast, that's the Antichrist or the beast, whose deadly wound was healed. And he doeth great wonders. There's the wonders. There's the word. This is how he convinces people. This is how he deceives them. And he doeth great wonders, great deceptions. How does he do it? What does he do? Well, it's not just words. Watch this. So then he maketh fire come down from the earth, from the heaven on the earth in the sight of men. So he's calling fire probably. It might be some laser show or it might be some kind of lightning. But the point is, when he is in the presence of the beast, he can call fire out of the sky. Think about it. You know, uh, if, if you could see somebody do that, is that pretty convincing? Yep, pretty convincing. And to see them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to the doing of the sight of the first beast, saying to them that dwell in the earth, that they should make an image to the beast, which had the wound by sword and did live. Oh, I know what you're thinking. Well, that's some kind of like a golden image, like a statue or something. Well, it may be, but it's probably more. Listen to what he says. And he had power to give life into the image of the beast. In my opinion, it's probably a clone, a clone of the beast. Why? Because he had power to give life to the image of the beast. And the image of the beast then speaks and commands and causes as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. So that means... We have all of the people that believe in the beast, believe in his mark and his image and his name and his number, all of the, they're going to call them true believers. Then all the true believers will turn against the unbelievers. That means the people that don't really want to take the mark of the beast. So you have all of the godless people turning against the real Christians, and the order is given, kill them. No, we're not going to arrest them. We're not going to put them on trial. Kill them. Go kill them all. That's the order. That's what's going to happen. And that no man might buy or sell, save he had the mark of the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here's wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for as the number of a man is number six hundred and three score and six. A couple of years ago, I began to memorize Revelation. Frankly, I didn't even think I'd be able to really memorize the whole thing. I didn't even start at verse 1. I started at verse 8 because the first seven verses looked too complicated to memorize. But what happened was as I started memorizing it, I started getting revelations. We're talking about information from the throne of God. Matter of fact, I got 30 revelations and two visions and one audible voice. The audible voice, I'll go ahead and tell you what that said. The seven seals play over seven years. The seven trumpets play over seven months. The seven vials play over seven days, unquote. I heard an audible voice tell me that. Now, of course, I had to back up uh, with Scripture, and I do explain that in the book. But what I was shown is a single word found in Leviticus links through time to the same single word in the book of Revelation. And that single word is first fruits. When you understand that word, all of a sudden the seven feasts given to Moses are actually a pattern a pattern that plays out the last seven months of the world, starting with first fruits and ending and concluding with tabernacles. Those seven feasts are a pattern. They portray the way the prophecies of Revelation lay out for the first time. And so far, no one has been able to defeat me on this. I don't think anybody on planet Earth has been given the information in this book. Now, I'm not saying I'm something special. I'm saying it's the last days. 
And I'm saying that God has given this extra information to the world because we are in the last days. Because the tribulation, seven years, is about to start. The beast is about to be released into the world. And brothers and sisters, you had better start knowing Bible prophecy. I'm called of God to teach Bible prophecy. You read my book, and I don't think you'll have a question about that. And I don't think you know anything that is in my book. I'm not trying to be arrogant. I'm just trying to tell you, you get this book and you'll be really, really glad you got it. One for 20, five for 30, 10, 50, 55. One book for 20, but don't do that. You want to get five for 30, that way it gives you four books to just give away. Best deal is 10 for 55, and then really kind of a church deal is you get a whole case of them. That's 60 books for a gift of $250. That way, the whole church can just spread them around. You got other books to hand around to other people. One for 20, five for 30, 10 for 55, 60 for $250. You get it at prophecyclub.com. Prophecyclub.com. The secret door to understand Bible prophecy. One for 25 for 30, 10 for 55, case of 60 for gift of $250. Get the book, read it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayers and thank you for your gifts of support. God bless.